With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. What is going on, guys? This is Pop Culture Crisis. My name is Brett. I am here with my co-host today, Miracle. Hi. How are you doing today, Miracle? I'm great. You doing good? Mm-hmm. Okay. Guess what we don't have today? We don't have a guest. Yes. It's empty. We have, it's an empty chair. It's to, okay. This uh, kind of feels weird not having another person, but I feel like we can get more words in, just the two of us. This is what we do anyways. Yeah. We just <laughs> blab about the stuff uh, in our free time, so mm-hmm. why not, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Even though Chris is third wheeling. We do have a co-host today uh, of sorts. <laughs> we have a producer. Chris, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. Okay, good. That's good. Chris Chris is always good, I think. Yeah. So, uh, if you guys want to follow the podcast here on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at popculture underscore show and on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Pop Culture Crisis. We are also available on iTunes and Spotify. That's where the, the long-form version of this podcast is. And on YouTube, you can find clips of the show at Pop Culture Crisis. So you can look for us there. So. There's a lot, uh, we, we've been kind of refining this process, like there's so much going on in the world and there's so much in the realm of pop culture that bleeds into different areas that we're trying to find a way to talk about all the stuff we want to talk about mm-hmm. without covering the same stuff all the time. I'm the most interested in movies and yeah. in, in that industry, so we're going to talk a lot about that today, but we're working with uh, finding a different format for everything that we're going through here, but we're going to get right into this first article today, which is not the realm of movie. We're still talking, we're going to start talking music today. So for what we're, uh, this one today, uh, we were talking recently uh, with our boss about the situation at Astroworld and mm-hmm. what had happened with Travis Scott and that entire realm, like that incident, which is extremely tragic. Yeah, for uh, sure. And it's get kind of becoming a, a cultural fascination because uh, when these incidents happen, they tend to be landmarks, meaning that this will be remembered for a long time. His career will always have this Mm-hmm. on its mark, you know, I, you know, against him in a way. And I'm not 110% sure how I feel about it, which is another reason why this is so interesting. Yeah, it's kind of weird to me because, like, after the whole incident, he continued. That's what bothers people a lot. And we'll talk about that. Like, mm-hmm. What's interesting about that is, like, life as a performer from on top of that uh, on stage is mm-hmm. a lot different from somebody watching. Now, it, it was egregious what happened, mm-hmm. and he has that reputation for being very incendiary with his performances. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's fascinating because there isn't really a clear-cut good or bad guy in this situation what the incident is tragic Mm -hmm. but there isn't really like a villain in my opinion in this story yeah like people i've heard uh opinions from across the spectrum on what they think about this but the story here is about him looking to make amends uh in some Mm -hmm. way shape or form you could say and the article is here is from radar uh and the article says, Travis Scott rejected by nine-year-old Ezra Blount's family after rapper offers to pay for funeral, funeral costs following the, following the Astroworld death. So this is from Whitney Vasquez, and this is from yesterday, November 30th. It says, Travis Scott offers to pay for nine-year-old Ezra Blount's funeral ha- has been denied. Ezra was the youngest victim who died from his injuries uh, after attending Travis Scott's deadly Astroworld festival in Houston, Texas earlier this month. The Blunts family, now I, I'm not sure, by the way, if I'm, I, I'm assuming it's Blunts, but I'm not 110% sure, so I apologize if I'm getting that wrong. The Blunts family attorney shot down the rapper's offer in a scathing letter obtained by Rolling Stone, quote, your client's offer is declined, Bob Hilliard wrote to Travis Scott's lawyer, Daniel Petricelli. I have no doubt Mr. Scott feels remorse. His journey ahead will be painful, the letter continued. He must face and hopefully see that he bears some of the responsibility for this tragedy. Ezra was on his father's shoulders at the Astroworld Festival when his dad passed out. The young boy fell on the ground and was trampled on during the chaotic stampede. He suffered cardiac arrest and was taken to the hospital. Ezra experienced, quote, damage to his liver and lungs and had swelling in his brain. That is, that is absolutely tragic. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, like I, part of it comes down to responsibility. Like, do we feel that it's Travis Scott's responsibility that this happened? I 
for his death, I don't think it's his responsibility. Unpopular opinion, I'm sorry, but I don't feel like it's his responsibility because, like, when people are in panic, they don't know what to do. And, like, sometimes, like, especially, like, this kid, he didn't deserve to die that way. That's the worst way to die. I can't imagine. Being stepped on constantly to death. That's not Travis Scott's fault. And, like, I love it that he offered to pay, but the family rejected it. But it feels like guilt, or it mm-hmm. feels like legal hedging of, uh, uh, you know, mm-hmm. he's trying to make uh, good on mm-hmm. with with these people before. Yeah. And the lawsuits are coming. I think the lawsuits are total over $2 billion now mm. in class action lawsuits. But the question is, does that responsibility fall on Travis Scott? Or does that, tra- does that fall on the hosts of the festival? You know, the company mm. that put this... Uh, production on because it's kind of weird because like you remember the um tragedy of ariana grande's concert where there was a bombing is is it the same like mentality is it her fault or the um basically the organization of like the event company if she kept going after the bomb Mm -hmm. went off that would be crazy yeah it would and part of that's what the problem that people have with it, right, mm-hmm. is that this was clearly the event had gotten out of hand, mm-hmm. but he continued performing despite the fact that it seemed like well, things had spiraled out of control. How far back is, like, the shooting that... Like, the area on the Grande one? No, no, no. no. Yeah. I mean, for the Travis Scott one, like, where in the area of the concert was it at? All the way in the back or, like, somewhere in the front? Well, they rushed the gate at the front. Oh, okay. Right. So, uh, and that's uh, was that right? Did you have you seen yeah, that? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And he was also encouraging them to like mosh pit. And yeah. Like, cram forward, and there were. Oh. The, then. That's yeah. part of his personality. He's mm-hmm. he's known for doing that at his shows. That's uh, uh, very very like that's what I'm saying. That's very hard, right? Because his job as an entertainer is to get people emotionally invested mm-hmm. in what he's doing. This just happens to be an, a, you know an example of where you're looking to find that emotional mm-hmm. uh, you know that emotional resonance with people. You're pushing them to the brink, which is what music in a lot of ways does. It makes us extremely emotional. Yeah, that's what um, rock and no, um, rock and roll artists used to do. Like they would cut themselves open or mm-hmm. like defecate on stage. <laughs> I, you're not even from that era. You, you're barely. You couldn't have been alive when that was going on. They I know, doing that but you said 2000s. I'm secretly a Gen Xer. Yeah, that's not even Gen X. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. You, you're you're a Gen Xer at heart. That, yeah. that is true. That is true. Uh, I, I hate starting on this topic because mm-hmm. it does bum me out. Because the death of anyone is tragic. The death yeah. of a nine year old boy is extremely tragic. Mm-hmm. But it is. There's so much. Uh, uncertainty in this topic because there really isn't a clear cut yes you know good or bad yeah this is why I don't really like talking about topics like that because like we don't know we're making you do it anyways though I know (laughs) it's the same like I feel like we're making you I know this is torture this is my punishment yep it's it's what you get for trying to make me talk about uh, what was it you wanted to talk about today not not Rihanna the other one the we're not talking about Rihanna oh um Nick Jonas and his wife. I'm what? not doing it. I refuse. And then Sandra Bullock. I refuse to talk about Nick Jonas. And Sandra Bullock. Did you hear? I just I know. smashed the table. Wait, what's wrong? I know, like, because you refuse to talk about it. Relationship gossip mm-hmm. is not going to be a thing. Well, like, it's not gossip because she says she made long distance relationships work. As much as this may seem like it, this is not a tabloid, and we are not at the counter of a convenience mm-hmm. store, so I refuse. Okay. That is, that is not what I am doing, so. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's, okay. uh, don't, don't make that face at me. She's, what face? That's a face. I don't do, have a face. Do you guys think, uh, the, the reason the family said no is because they're involved in the lawsuit? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think oh, so. Yeah. I think the lawyers might have said, like, don't accept that money, because, like, it's just basically like either hush hush money or like you can get more money if you sue him. Yep. And and what is like uh, is is offering to pay for the funeral seen as like a an admission of guilt? Maybe, but like also how you pointed it out, maybe it might be like his lawyer said just do it because like maybe it might lower the blow for the lawsuit. Well, they're gonna. I mean, if I would say if I had Travis Scott's money, I'm not offering to pay for the funeral. I'm offering them a settlement out of court right yeah. away. You know, that would be that's callous. That's callous sounding. But I'm just trying to look at it from the actual perspective of the people who put on these events, who have who work in this industry. Like, I can't imagine like I I mean, I'm assuming Astro World, the festival has insurance. Yeah, it does. Let me see how much he's worth. What's his net worth? 
like whatever somebody like that is. Oh, he's sixty million dollars. If you, he's not gonna. I mean, (laughs) the I think they said that those lawsuits are over two billion now, but I don't think that would all come out of his pocket. That would come Mm -mm. out of his record label and the festival and everyone else who would be held financially, you know, accountable Mm -hmm. for that incident, right? Mm -hmm. For sure, because like, the money has to come somewhere, Mm -hmm. and it's not. It's not from him fully because he's not one of the riches. Um, well, it would be it would rappers. be handled by insurance, right? That's so true. It, I don't think it would come out of his pocket directly. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's true. You, you know what else is uh, messed up by all this? I never heard of Travis Scott until this happened. Really? So now the publicity for him is mm-hmm. crazy. Yep. It's crazy, but like for me, how I heard of him because like this um, this um, Canadian singer, um, he used to be a part of a K-pop group called EXO. His name is Chris Wu, and I was introduced to Travis Scott because of him and also Kylie Jenner. Mm-hmm is his baby mama there was also like a lot of talk about like this isn't conspiracy theories but there's all the stuff about like illuminati symbols at the concert and stuff a lot of that's just very common you know imagery in that world like artistic imagery but people were like there was crazy conspiracies about how it was like planned and stuff like Mm -hmm. that yeah i think it was uh like it looked like a a gate to hell was uh, was the artwork and props that were put on stage then, then how come um, the rapper Lucifer didn't do that? Because he says that he's actually uh, the devil reincarnated. Lucifer? Yeah, maybe. Lucifer, because if you say his name real quick, it sounds like Lucifer. Maybe you just thought it was too on the nose. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, there is a little bit more of this because they do go into the numbers here. So it says, the Blount family attorney revealed that they didn't just reject uh, Travis's offer, but that they also denied an in-person meeting with the rapper. We were pretty firm with all due respect, no. This isn't a photo op story here. This is a who is responsible and why type of investigation. And he is on the short list, Hilliard told Rolling Stone. So even though what he's saying is that this isn't a photo op opportunity, he's telling this to Rolling Stone, which means he's playing the media game too. They're both, play. it's a game of perception. It's a mm-hmm. game of uh, your image in the public sphere and how you're going to get, whether you're going to get favorable sympathy from the media mm-hmm. or whether the public is going to look at you like you're responsible. So both sides are playing, trying to play to that. Yeah, for sure. So, I don't know. That's uh, it, it says right down here over two hundred lawsuits already. Oh. Two hundred lawsuits, uh, to the tune of two billion dollars. Dang! It already, it already went over his net worth. Way over his net worth. So, mm-hmm. man, I don't know. That is a that is a depressing way to start, is it not? Yeah. It, a little bit depressing, but it's mm-hmm. relevant. Like it's absolutely relevant to yeah, what's going on. How do you think the how live concerts are going to be like now because we already had two incidents the ariana grande concert and now travis scott yeah how do you think concerts are going to look like in the future i don't think they'll change i don't think that that's such a that, that's an <laughs> industry that's almost unmovable right because what do you do like yeah. how do you change that put Pe- up people have already forgotten about our ariana grande's concert mm-hmm. yep and I, this is like fading out i didn't remember it until you brought it up well i brought it up because like a lot of people said this is a terrorist act like yep. legit they planned it out yeah and like all of a sudden it disappeared from the tabloids mm-hmm. because nobody cared anymore. When the media, and, the, and the, remember earlier what I said about uh, like having like a clear good guy and bad guy, mm-hmm. the media loves, you know, very black and white labels that have very clear heroes and villains that they can paint in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I think the lack of that in those situations makes it less uh, appetizing for them to focus on. That's true. Yeah. So... I don't know. I, I think that that, that is a, a sad, a really sad story, but I think we should follow it more. Like, as it goes on, I don't want to let it just go, you know, mm-hmm. die from the public sphere, we so we should keep, keep going. We keep track of it, yeah. like, here and there. We keep will, tabs. We, we will keep track of it, so. I do want to talk about Superman. Ooh. Superman. Our favorite cape crusader. He is, um, uh, well, most, you know, I love Superman. I love old school Superman. Mm-hmm. I, I even love Henry Cavill Superman, even though it's not really all that... <laughs> all that uh, accurate to the character. He but liked the CGI, no mustache face. I, I, I can't believe that. Think about this. We're in an like in an, that's an industry mm-hmm. where like he had a con. The reason you know why do you know the story behind why he had, why they had to do that? Um, didn't he have a role before? He was playing the bad guy in the new Mission Impossible movie at that mm-hmm. time that required him to keep that mustache grown and like 
perfect. Yeah. Right. So they couldn't shave it off. And when I watched that scene back, because I I put on mm-hmm. the Justice League, like the, yeah, I was complaining to you. I was like, no. I I am a fan of Snyder. Come at me, bro. I I Snyder. Okay, I like how Snyder makes movies because, like Ben Shapiro points it out too. Snyder, when he makes movies, especially comic book movies, he makes it exactly how you would read a comic book. And that's what I like about his movies, even though the Sucker Punch movie was, like, really bad. Whereas I liked Sucker Punch. I didn't like it. It confused me a little bit too much. I liked it. Uh, one thing about the, that I like about uh, Zack Snyder movies, and we'll get into Superman in a minute here, is I like that they're very much, they commit to the bit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Marvel has all, and we talk about Marvel all the time. We're going to talk about Marvel today. Yeah. But Marvel has this no, wink and nod type approach to these movies mm-hmm. like we were talking about uh hawkeye and we're gonna get into hawkeye later because yeah. i'm still making you watch it but the <laughs> whole thing with the with the musical mm-hmm. like that's wink and nod humor yeah and the snyder movies for all their faults don't do that they're mm-hmm. very very you know they're very serious you're supposed to live in that world does it always uh make perfect sense not really mm-hmm. is it a little bit uh does it come sometimes come at the cost of accuracy to the character yes but to me, I pay a premium. Like I'm willing to pay a premium for that invested feeling mm-hmm. to these things. So that's true. And and one thing I don't think I ever heard, he did not say. And the whole point of this article, this is from uh, bleeding uh, from bounding into comics. Excuse me. And this says Superman voice actor Tim Daly supports the hero's updated motto. He says he likes it. Mm-hmm. Now the uh, reason I bring this up is because I was watching the that cut of of it, and he never says truth, justice, and the American way. In the movie, he says, I'm also a big fan of justice, but he never says the statement outright because that's just one of those things that in current year, like people actually think that it's bad to be proud of America. So it's weird that they don't want to talk about it. And the new saying is to me really lame. So we we can get into it. This is from J.B. Augustine. And this is from this morning, December 1st. I can't believe it's December 1st already. Christmas is here. Christmas is definitely here. That was very loud. Sorry. <laughs> she, she's very excited about it. I Christmas. love Christmas. She loves Christmas. So this says, uh, DC's updated motto for Superman, which is, now has him standing for, quote, truth, justice, and a better tomorrow, as opposed to the American way, has a supporter in the Man of Steel's animated series voice actor, Tim Daly. Mm-hmm. In a new interview, uh, Daly told Bleeding Cool that he likes the new one as he belies how Superman has transcended borders and become meaningful to so many people around the globe. Quote, I like it, he said. Superman has expanded beyond the borders of America and he's admired by the whole world by the whole world audience. So I think better tomorrow is a beautiful sentiment and perfectly Superman. So I like it. Mm-hmm. Daily may be okay with the change, but it has been met with disapproval from others with a link to the character, including former Superman actor Dean Cain and Superman's son of Kal-El colorist Gabe El-Taib. In fact, El-Taib said, as much as he is in, as much in an impassioned message discussion to the DC head honcho he disclosed in a recent vlog. That was him talking to Jim Lee. Like, mm-hmm. he had a text back and forth with Jim Lee yeah. when he quit DC. Mm-hmm. Now, he didn't share Jim Lee's responses but he talks a lot about what he said about these things i think he was just being polite because most likely the conversation wasn't all that amicable yeah and he was being professional not sharing what lee said Mm -hmm. but he says they think of the updated motto as a betrayal of the character's essence and the sacrifices of those in the country that spawned him such as his creators jim siegel and joe joe schuster who toiled over who toiled and never made a dime off superman in their lifetime now one of the reasons that this is coming up is like Ethan Van Skyver talks about how this is business. They're changing Superman. And one of the reasons that they want Jonathan Kent as Superman is that they don't want to pay out on super because all every couple of years these enter enter back in the courts as these families of these artists Mm -hmm. try to make, you know, get their fair share of what their, you know, their ancestors, what their elders, uh, their family members did to create these, you know, billion dollar movie franchises now. You know, the mm-hmm. comics are almost incidental to the to what these characters are worth, right? Yeah. As much as money as those comics may make, it's a drop in the bucket to mm-hmm. the movies. Yep. So they're not doing it he you know, cynically they believe they're not changing it because they actually think that it's cool that Superman transcends uh, you know, America. They're doing mm-hmm. it purely for financial reasons that's true so i don't know if like i said that's speculation uh they they're saying that they do they do the same thing with superman that's why miles morales was created 
uh, with Peter Parker, you know, to mm-hmm. uh, for Spider-Man. financial reasons. Yeah, exactly. You said Superman twice. Did I say Superman? Yeah. Thank you for correcting me. You were very kind. Yeah, I was confused. I was like, what do you mean Superman's mm-hmm. Miles Morales? So do you, do you like the new motto? Uh, Does it bother you? I didn't know he had a motto, honestly. <laughs> a cu- really? Yeah, I did not know he had a motto, so it doesn't really bother okay, me. You're younger though. Yeah. So like you would have, you might have just never. It might have never come into the into your consciousness. No, and because like I just remembered like the the catchphrase, um, "What's in the sky? Is it a bird? Is it a plane? It's Superman." Yeah. That's all I remember. I didn't know he had a motto until you brought it up to me, and I was like, oh. And I'm almost more of a normie than you are mm-hmm. in a lot of ways with these things. Like, I quit reading comics several years, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, the industry just breaks my heart too much. Like, I follow it like I follow professional wrestling, which mm-hmm. is, I listen to podcasts and I listen to people talk about it. Mm-hmm. I don't have the heart anymore to follow it because of the way these industries have gone. Yeah, for sure. So. No, I, I feel the same way because I used to follow anime and um, K-pop, like, really closely. Yeah. But then, like, I couldn't stand it anymore because it basically it's the same problem with hollywood they're running out ideas so everything becomes redundant yep so like i gave it a rest and then um i try to get back into it i i I can't stand it i i i'm i admire the work but like i can't stand it that much i i have a hard time with a lot of these things Mm because i have a a strong appreciation for anybody who creates art Mm -hmm. especially if it's really good yeah i appreciate it too but film as an Mm -hmm. art uh tv as an art these are mediums of creation right so i have a hard time just dismissing stuff out of hand Mm -hmm. but when they you know when the when the artists are antagonistic towards fans Mm -hmm. and the companies seem like they don't give a crap Mm -hmm. about the people that bought these properties for years and turned them into financially viable products i have a hard time staying emotionally invested in the product Mm -hmm. i'm more interested in how things are going in the business side of it which that's how i feel about like how netflix like did a live action for death note i was very upset about it because mm-hmm. i was like dude you change a character like light was this character that had a god complex yeah and because like you can see how he progressed all the way to it but in their live action they didn't do that like the the girl that he was dating i forgot who his girlfriend was but in the anime she's like more like love me i'll do anything for you but then in the live action she's like actually the main antagonist and she's like if you love me, do it. Kill them. In <laughs> Netflix adaptation mm-hmm. is like a meme now because nobody yeah. act- nobody actually expects Netflix adaptations of anything well, to actually come out good. Well, okay, I give them I give them props for the Bleach one, even though they skip certain plots. Like, have are you familiar with the anime Bleach? Mm-mm. Okay, that one is really good. That's like your new assignment. Let's watch it. I give you the assignments. You don't give me the assignment. We give each other. Well, yeah. Fine. Well, because you're supposed to watch something that we, we're going to talk about later. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. well, we may talk. Well, if, is it current? We'll talk about it's it. It's current. We're going to do what was the one we're going to do tomorrow? Um, we're going to talk about Hellbound. Hellbound. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, the saying with Superman, truth, justice in the American way. I love Americana. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not ashamed of that. I love that he is part of our, of the cultural zeitgeist here in America. Mm-hmm. I truth justice in in a better tomorrow just sounds like that sounds really a fortune five hundred. Co- it sounds like a product being sold. You know what? It, it sounds, sounds like an insurance company. It kind of sounds like how the Boy Scouts are. Like yeah. it sounds like a Boy Scout slogan. Yeah, it, it doesn't. Well, they literally call Superman a Boy Scout, so <laughs> maybe that's dead on. Then maybe 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 it was on the nose, and we don't get they it. They just proved us wrong. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I I disagree, but maybe I I'm open to being uh to being mm-hmm. corrected. I guess right. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I wish they would have kept it, truth, mm-hmm. justice, in the American way, but that's selfishly me. Uh, I, I won't hate on them too much unless the well, products turn out bad. Maybe maybe in their mind, it makes more sense if mm-hmm. you had their rivals, Marvel, like Captain America, say mm-hmm. that as his slogan. Yeah. I mean, truth, maybe. justice, and the American way, and he's Captain uh captain america that's so on the nose though Mm -hmm. like that's like they the job is the goal is to not insult your audience the goal is not to spoon feed everything to you the goal is to make it part of it's part of captain america's care it's part of superman's character (laughs) that he is from middle america that's so it 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 doesn't need to be in his name for it to be important Mm -hmm. so that's true yeah so i i think for me it'll be interesting to see if they include it in the movies like first of all they better make another henry cavill Superman. I agree with that. And I'm interested in the Michael B. Jordan uh, 
Calvin Ellis project that they're working on. I believe that's at Amazon Prime, but I'm not 110 percent sure. I am ready to watch. Or no, it. that would have to be at HBO Max, wouldn't it? Because if it's it's HBO it's, Max it because be. all DC and Warner Brothers yeah. properties are on HBO Max. Very weird. Okay, mm-hmm. so we'll see. Maybe they incorporate the saying there and it works. But mm-hmm. until then, I am highly highly skeptical that that actually works out. You mm-hmm. know, so I don't know. It, more news about yeah. uh, casting because we got casting. We've got two casting notices today. You love talking about this stuff. Yeah, because it's so funny, like but who they choose for casting. Because yesterday we did like poke fun at like who mm. should be the next James Bond, yep. and I said Jason Momoa. Yep. <laughs> we're not we're not doing Jason Momoa as James Bond. Guys. Oh, we are, we are, so this isn't necessarily Danny okay, so, DeVito. So so this one. <laughs> <laughs> you want Danny DeVito as James Bond? You had both of them, Jason Momoa and, and Danny, Danny DeVito. <laughs> Call it James Bonds. Yeah. Yeah. We could do that. We could do that. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh. He's a little old. Isn't he a little bit too old now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like 30 years too <laughs> old? <laughs> Talking about Danny DeVito, you reminded me about twins. Yeah. 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 Oh, gosh. So, okay, so this isn't casting. This is even funnier than casting because... Mm-hmm. Have you have you seen Doom Patrol? Uh, yes. Yes, okay. Uh, the... Uh, <laughs> This one is really good. Brendan Fraser eyed for The Mummy 4. Yes. Okay, my question is, because Mummy 3 was placed in China, what is Mummy 4 going to be placed in? We are about to... We're about to find out because this article, when Chris found this one, I, I can't even take credit for finding this one. Chris mm-hmm. found this one today. Go, Chris. Let's go, Chris. I, I love Brendan Fraser. Mm-hmm. Who, who doesn't, right? Yeah, he seems like a good guy. I don't know him, but... Yeah, I feel bad after, like, he got that divorce. Like, basically, he disappeared from yeah. Hollywood. Yeah, and his hair plugs. <laughs> yeah. So, so we sad. So we had the McConaissance with Matthew McConaughey. We mm-hmm. had the Keanaissance with Keanu Reeves and John Wick. Mm-hmm. Now they're literally calling it the Brennaissance. <laughs> That's cute. Uh, so it says uh, a renaissance is happening uh, before 2021. It has been a while since Brendan Fraser was in the spotlight. See, that's not true. Cause mm-hmm. Doom, of course, you don't really see him in Doom Patrol, but uh, uh, not, not as much. So it says it has been a while since he's been in the spotlight. Uh, this year, though, audiences have seen him in return in a big way. After a wholesome video of the star went viral, fans collected to cheer the actor on. Waiting for news of more upcoming roles from his big comeback, his fan base wants to see him succeed. There's something the studios t- this is something the studios take notice of. Now, after some work from one of our trusted and proven inside sources, we have learned that because of how Brendan Fraser's fans have rallied for him, Universal wants to see him return as Rick O'Connell for The Mummy 4. Yay! Yes! So, are they going to age up the sun then? Because I... Did you watch the cartoon series? I never saw the cartoon series. Oh my god, you missed out. Okay, I'm only a... I'm, I'm like a casual Brenna, Brennaissance man. What about you, Chris? Did you watch the cartoon series? No, I don't watch many cartoons. <laughs> oh. Yeah, we're not cartoon people. Oh, never mind. Well, the cartoon series was cute because, like, the... It talks about like how like in um, you know how he has a son, right? Mm-hmm. So th- it talks more about the son because he has that um, artifact on his arm that won't come off. And it's just about the whole family and him trying to figure out how to get rid of it. How long did that go? Was that a lot of seasons? Um, let me search it up for you. Because yeah. like, I've never even heard of the... It was on um, Kids WB. Okay. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, so I, I missed that too. I get just... Go figure, Chris. We we weren't checking out Kids WB. Who, who would have thought, right? I could. Oh, been. it only had two seasons and a total of twenty six episodes. Okay, mm-hmm. how long ago? Um, this was made in two thousand one. Okay, so wow. did, he must have voiced him. You were like born in two thousand one. <laughs> I was two years old. Two, <laughs> this, this makes no sense. <laughs> this, is, this is proof of the the Im- the impressiveness of the digital age. Because if you were if we were two years old when something came out, we just didn't see it ever yeah because there was no way to just easily find yeah. it. wait what's the um like what's the his character yeah. yeah wait what was his character's name um rick o'connell rick o'connell um i think he <coughs> i don't think he voiced it okay well that's not hard to believe mm-hmm. uh they might have gotten a, a voice actor to do that does, yeah. it, does it list who it is uh rick o'connell um well there's a alex o'connell but that's the son okay so I'm yeah. going to keep going with it. You keep looking. I'm going to mm-hmm. keep looking for it. So it says, recently, Brendan Fraser has picked up a few roles. He's set to play the villain in DC's Batgirl movie. Awesome. 
He's playing a lawyer in a film with Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro. Still, it seems doubtful that he's too busy to sign on for The Mummy 4. Mm -hmm. If Universal handles this well, it's something Frasier must be aware of his fans would want to must be aware that his fans would want to see. We know that Universal wants to see to get Brendan Fraser back for another Mummy sequel. We have uh, we have other questions though. For example, what story is Universal looking to pursue for their sequel? Do they have other talent on board? Most important to fans, it would be great if Universal also got Rachel Weisz back as mm -hmm. Evelyn and Stephen and Stephen Summers in the director's chair. With Stephen <coughs> Summers in the director's chair, mm -hmm. and does that mean we get to wash the image of the horrible Tom Cruise mummy movie from 2017 well, out of our brains? Well, that's not connected. No, that's the dark. I don't know if the dark universe is still a thing. Well, they know? said they wanted to do it, but it's not connected to this mummy um, movie. That's what they said. They said it's going to be a whole different. You just wait. Feet. Eventually, we'll get like the mo the mummy multiverse, <laughs> and different Rick O'Connells from different timelines. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I know it sounds like a great <coughs> franchising opportunity, but resist the urge. Yeah, we don't do it. We need more solitary individual properties with actual mm -hmm. personality. That's and Brendan true. Fraser is pure personality. Mm -hmm. That's true. Wait, that means that you guys never watched the Adventures of Jackie Chan. Mm -mm. No. Dang. No. What I mean, I it's a cartoon series, also. Judging by the yeah. name, I can tell. I mean, I can guess <laughs> what it's about, but yeah, it's basically Jackie Chan voices Jackie Chan, and like he's hunting down stones that ha are after like the zodiac, like the twelve zodiac signs, what? and each one of them has like special powers, like the what? snake stone turns you invisible, and like how they found it, it was like in the nest of like snake eggs, and like um yeah so, sounds it's, like they ripped off marvel yeah no well, they did it first marvel ripped off jackie yeah. chan yeah. yeah they did it first because the jackie chan adventures started in 2000 Again, i was one you were one year old <laughs> like that sounds like uh, honestly that sounds incredible to me <laughs> yeah and it had five seasons wow Gosh, now is it on? Does it list anywhere that it's on? Usually, if you look up on IMDb, it'll list where you can find it. I'm gonna look that up tonight. Um, you can find it on Apple TV for 99 cents. Uh oh, <laughs> maybe it's worth it. How many? It, uh, five it seasons. Is, five seasons. I don't it's know. really good, but you can find it. You didn't hear it here, but you can find it on YouTube. Nope. On nope. <laughs> nope. She didn't say it. you can. You can you pay can for it. You can pay on YouTube. You can pay for it here wink, on YouTube. Wink. Yes. Just just click a link somewhere that we're not going to put in the description because mm -hmm. we're not doing that. <laughs> but yeah. Oh my God. You guys didn't watch this. This is from your generation. No, it wasn't. That was. Oh wait. Nice. I keep on forgetting. You guys are older than me. Yes. So it says, while we were unable to confirm whether Universal still has the original idea on the table, what is known about it could be a solid starting place for what they, for what they do in the sequel. The Mummy 4 was reportedly to be titled The Mummy Rise of the Aztec. God, that's like the most... Uh, South America. That's like, the most 90s, that's like the most 90s name ever. I love it. I love it. I want to see it. Uh, Are they going to talk about the Mayan calendar? That would be cool. Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. it, Retcon 2012. Yeah. Al although... Mayans and Aztecs aren't the same thing. Well, like, you know how Hollywood... Well, wait, never mind. This is not the 90s, so they won't mix it up. No, they won't. They'll be, it'll be very... That's going to be the bummer, too, because did you ever see the Honest trailer for The Mummy? Mm -hmm. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's so funny how they're, like, everything, everything offensive that's pointed out in there. Mm -hmm. uh, like, people just didn't care because it's the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> so they won't be able to do that now. It's going to have to be all boring and paint by numbers. I look forward to seeing the all-Aztec cast yeah mm -hmm. well, that's what they'll do that's really exciting because then you can get like people who are native um like natives in um south america too to be cast for it too yep because you can't have people that are native here to play those roles because it wouldn't be it's on a pc it wouldn't be pc <laughs> yeah so that that should be interesting i love this because i was a huge fan like seeing matthew mcconaughey come back and do well seeing how keanu reeves just continues to flourish you know, after he had a dry spell for a while, mm -hmm. it's just awesome. So seeing this, it's like it's almost like meme casting, meme uh, meme hiring. Because mm -hmm. uh, Brendan Fraser. Does that mean that um, Chuck Norris is coming back? <laughs> well, that would be amazing. I, oh think, I think he already lived through his giant meme time. He was the yeah. he, he he has like literally an entire meme idea of Ch <laughs> of Chuck Norris. It has his own thing. So I Chuck don't know Norris he, did start the memes. He he probably did. He is the memes. He is the memes. So that that would be cool. Maybe who else? Uh, not maybe not Chuck Norris, but uh, John Van Dam. Yeah, John Claude Van Dam could have a comeback, or Steven Seagal. Uh, Steve, I think Steven Seagal uh, is Antonio Banderas. Yeah. Oh, man. 
I always get him and Benicio del Toro mixed up, which is hilarious because they're nothing. Interesting alike. fact: Benicio del Toro means Benny the Bull. Really? Oh, that's cute. Which is also the mascot for the Chicago Bulls. It's mm-hmm. kind of weird, confusing to me. So there's a there's a great conspiracy theory in there somewhere. Yeah. I am sure. I think he mm-hmm. plays the mascot. He, he get, yeah. Every day he has to leave set, and they're like, "Where does he go for like four hours?" He has a jet fly him <laughs> to Chicago to play the to play the mascot. He never tells anyone. <laughs> that would be amazing. Or but, or if like Hollywood does like bring a, bring back CGI like CGI actors, Robin Williams. Oh, they can't do that. I, that that would go down like a. I don't think that would work. Mm. It worked. It worked in Ghostbusters Afterlife yeah. with Harold Ramis. Like the way they did that worked mm-hmm. very. It would have to literally be perfect, and I don't think they would want to touch that with like yeah, a twenty foot pole. That's true because Robert Williams is kind of great. He's so beloved. Like mm. I don't. I really don't. It, it, now, if they wanted to bring back CGI or hologram George Carlin. I could get behind that one. Like if they brought back George Carlin to do like a George Carlin How? special, like with with CGI Who? or hologram. Who's George Carlin? I guess. Oh, did you just hear that? Well, like fake, <laughs> like jokes that he didn't actually write. Well, like, no, like maybe maybe there's like a booklet, like a lost Wait. booklet of George yeah. Carlin oh, yeah. material that well, never they could got. pretend they ha- found one. Yeah. You have no to explain care. who's George Carlin to the baby. Who is that? You don't know. That's just sad. No. It's just sad. He's one of the greatest uh, comedians. Very. Of, uh, the, 21st century 20th century 20th century no no What's ha- one of hated his jokes? all politicians what ha- was his jokes all the swear words you can't say he, he, he mostly oh andy yeah, showed me yeah, a video towards, towards the end of his career he just mostly ranted like yeah. a, he was a preacher a philosopher yeah. Mm-hmm. he uh, yeah it was like uh, your crazy uncle like yeah. yeah it was kind of that who knew too much who, who knew way <laughs> too much so uh we will do uh want to do one more casting Yes. One more casting? Yes, and I actually am excited for this one. This is this one, like what I mentioned it earlier, is this what I was, you thought I was going to start with? Yeah. And you were you were excited, because Brendan Fraser one isn't really casting. Yeah, it's just they want him to yeah. be there, but yeah. I'm still excited for it, because I love the Mummy movies. Like, I watched all three of them. Which one is your favorite? First one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I barely remember this. I, I just remember the, the horrible CGI mm-hmm. with The Rock. And and everything. That's you know they did a spinoff series for that one. I didn't. I never saw it, but I knew. I knew. Mm-hmm. About, at least I knew about that one. So, okay. Well, then we're going to go right on to the the even better casting news because this <laughs> one I am also torn about, but for, in, for good ways. This is from CBR, and this says, "Quote: Blades Mahershala Ali Snipes uh, says Snipes still owns the role. Quote: I look forward to earning it. I said Mahershala Ali, so weird right there. Yeah, you did. I did. I was like Mahershala, but this is uh this is epic casting to me because he is a fantastic actor but mm-hmm. I'm also like I want to look up some of the and uh, just a quote from Blade mm-hmm. I promise you you'll be dead by dawn yes so <laughs> I, I love it I, that movie like mm-hmm. we, we mean this is, uh, Blade is my favorite superhero movie mm-hmm. of all time bar none yeah uh, the first Blade is maybe it's the atmosphere mm-hmm. it's the fact that you couldn't make that movie now yeah you because it's just there's so much detail in it's so its own thing everything from marvel now is so drawn into this you know the it's the cost you pay for it being in a in a shared universe right wait do you think morbius can maybe Th- that's sony though so i don't expect it to look like a marvel property exactly that's true but like, like if you want to feel like something that's Marvel-like or like Blade-like, maybe get there because it kind of has like a Blade feel because Morbius is somewhat a vampire, and he was going to be in uh, in Blade. Mm-hmm. The I was I was reading up on it recently because I was I just rewatched it and I was reading up on it and Morbius was supposed to be in that very end scene on the roof. Mm-hmm. So and they, and they ended up not going with it. I wonder <laughs> who they would have casted for that, but. Maharshala Ali uh, is an incredible actor. Mm-hmm. I do wonder if he might be a little like I'm guessing he's going to bulk up for yeah. the role, you know. So I, I don't know, but like he does. Like you look at that picture there, he looks like a blade. It's spot on mm-hmm. right there. Like I was I was a little bit hesitant at first. And it was a good kind of hesitant because mm-hmm. I like him as an actor, but mm-hmm. I just wasn't sure if he was the right for that. Do you role. think they're going to give him a fade like how Wesley Snipe oh. had that fade, that signature? Blade, the, the cut, yes, the cut look in the back. Mm-hmm. I hope so. I hope. I hope they don't just go with a traditional fade and they actually go because there's a lot of detail in that. Mm-hmm. Like that haircut must have been. I, like I don't know if that was like a. It had to be a cut, right? It couldn't. It have been has done to be a cut because, like, I was watching videos how they do certain cuts. Like legit, they have to measure out like everything. Yeah. So like, 
I think it's like if they do, then I'm so happy and that'd be like a great thing, like a great homage to fans. Absolutely. To have that little Easter egg. And one of the reasons I like this so much is because one of the things I complain about a lot with these issues is mm-hmm. the the lack of respect shown to the pre- to their predecessors mm-hmm. and the lack of respect shown to fans. Mm-hmm. And Mahershala Ali clearly has respect for Wesley Snipes mm-hmm. uh, in the previous production. Yeah. So it says, uh, and this is from uh, CBR, and the article was written by Noah Dominguez. Mm-hmm. So it says. Uh, Blade star Mahershala Ali is eager to earn his place as Marvel's resident vampire hunter, saying the role and the excitement it brings still belongs to Wesley Snipes. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I look forward to is earning it, Ali said during a recent interview with Jake Hamilton of Jake's Takes. I look forward to earning, you know, there, there's an anticipation for it. There's an excitement for it that he owns, that he owns, that Mr. Snipes owns, you know? Uh, and so and and so in filling his shoes, it's a little hard to read that because mm-hmm. he's he's clearly saying it's uh, it's transcript. Uh, I'm just wor- I'm just working to earn my place in this. I'm just excited to get going and do the work. So he sounds like he's excited to play this role to do yeah. this character because it is a reboot. So they're gonna reintroduce. Do you think he's gonna be a part of Phase Four? Uh, well, technically, this this is I don't know is it's it's a movie and not a TV show, right? So mm-hmm. it's uh, and they've casted Delroy Lindo in yeah. it. And I don't know what character he's going to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people were saying Whistler. I'm not sure if they're if they're going to do that. That would be exciting. That would be very exciting. Like Delroy Lindo is maybe one of the most underact underrated actors mm-hmm. working. Like a lot of people talk about Denzel Washington. I yeah. love Delroy Lindo's work. Mm-hmm. He was in a movie. Uh, B type uh, action movie called yeah. uh, Romeo Must Die that I absolutely love. I need to search this up uh, because it sounds familiar. It was a Jet Li movie from like 2000 with Al- with Aaliyah. Um, absolutely incredible. It was like Aaliyah's first acting role and she was like magnetic, just owned the screen. Like charisma like that is a once in a lifetime thing. Oh, I think I've seen this before. Yeah. I think. I am of the opinion that Beyonce exists today because we no longer have Aaliyah. Like, mm-hmm. I think Aaliyah would be Beyonce. You know, she was that talented. She, you wouldn't, mm-hmm. I, you're, a little, you're too young. You wouldn't, you wouldn't actually be able to understand, but she was extremely gifted. Mm-hmm. She was extremely talented. She had charisma out the, you know, out of uh, everything. I couldn't believe that uh, when she passed away. So I, I can't say enough good things about her, but th- she was in that movie mm-hmm. with her called Romeo Must Die. He was also in The, the Five Bloods, which came out last year. Mm-hmm. And he was in a underrated show that only got one season on ABC called Chica- The Chicago Code as like a corrupt alderman yeah. in Chicago around Caprini Green. Mm-hmm. So very, very talented actor. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. I'm looking forward to see what he does with the character. Uh, I hope he bulks up a little bit. Oh, okay. Now I remember it. Is there a part with Anthony um, Anderson where he says Chow Mein? Yeah. Now I remember yeah. that movie. None of those jokes could be made today. Yeah. None of the jokes in that movie could be made today. That's the funniest part about mm-hmm. it. He, he, he calls Jet Li's character Dim Sum the whole movie. Dim Sum? Oh, I said Chow Mein. My bad. But yeah, he, I, I know yeah. the part because I remember watching it as a kid and I was like, hmm. Yep. There was also like rumors that like they, they, there was supposed to be a kiss between Aaliyah and Jet Li's character and they, mm-hmm. and they nixed it because they thought that people weren't ready for like an interracial thing like that, which I don't know if I buy. But it was made in 2000. Yeah, I know. Like, that's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. I'm not sure if I buy that, mm-hmm. but that could have just been, you know, virtue signaling from, you know, people who are trying to virtue signal after the fact. Like we wanted to do it and then they cut it. I don't know if I buy that. So. Yeah. But Mahershal Ali... Yeah, and that's just talking about Delroy Lindo. We mm-hmm. have, yeah, we get, let's get back to Marshall Ali. So mm-hmm. Ali is the third person to play Blade in live action following Snipes in New Line Cinema's film, uh, Blade film trilogy, and Kirk Sticky Fingers Jones played in Blade the TV series. Did you ever see that? The TV series? Yeah. Um, it sounds familiar. I never saw it. It sounds familiar. Uh, it aired on Spike in 2006. Oh, I didn't have Spike. Okay, so the new time. Blade movie also marks Ali's second major Marvel project with the actor having previously portrayed Cornell Cottonmouth in Netflix's Marvel series Luke Cage. He was the best part of Luke Cage as well. Mm-hmm. He's that gifted of an actor. So uh, I'm hoping that this one comes uh, goes well. I would like to see a lot of the same tone uh, work that they did in those early Marvel shows, if they're going to go with a different tone, they need to actually make it a horror movie like they did with Aspects of Blade. I I really like the horror aspect yeah. of Blade. Like, those were... Because, like, for me, Brett knows this, too. Like, I'm not really a big fan of horror. Me like, neither. 
yeah like both of us are not a big fan but if you do it right like how blade did i'm comfortable watching it there's so mm-hmm. much atmosphere in that movie there's so much like darkness and mm-hmm. grit and it's it feels like its own thing when yeah. you watch marvel movies like we're going to talk about hawkeye next mm-hmm. but so much of marvel feels so by the numbers mm-hmm. the it's just a product of the fact that they've turned these into mass marketable projects right mm-hmm. so these are parts of a machine of different uh, projects all made by different people but by the same corporate office yeah so since they have to be interconnected you get stuck with these things that all kind of feel vaguely similar mm-hmm. and then it gets lost there's no art in that to me that's true so what was your favorite part in the first blade movie I really like it when they're dancing in the club and like um, all of a sudden like the sprinklers start like sprinkling down like right blood. in the beginning. Yeah, like yeah. right in the beginning and like the two guys are like, "What is this?" <laughs> and then like poor Kenny, jo- the actor <laughs> that name is Kenny Johnson. I, I yeah. love that guy. So he, he looks so out of place and uncomfortable that mm-hmm. whole scene, and it's just it's so gross. It, it it's gross, but I love it because like they're so confused, and I'm like, "This is very genuine." Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see if mm-hmm. they can actually find a way to make that movie feel even half as good as Blade, mm-hmm. right? Because to me, it, he's going to have to start practice posing now because nobody poses oh, cooler yeah, than Wesley earlier Snipes. Oh, yeah, you were practicing how to pose like Blade. Yeah, like everybody, like if you if you can't, the, the, the whole uh, casting of him should have been like, come in the room mm-hmm. and pose cool. And yeah. if you can't do that, we can't cast you. Mm-hmm. Like. <laughs> That's so true. Yes, that was. A, I mean, it's over the top, mm-hmm. but the movie also never. It, it always takes itself very seriously, mm-hmm. right? They, there's the scene when uh, Vanessa, the the character, the the hemato- hematologist, is talking to mm-hmm. Whistler, and she says like, "You you have," or she's talking to Blade, and she says, "You have a lot of love for him, don't you?" About mm-hmm. Whistler, and he goes, "He goes, he make we have a good arrangement going. He makes the weapons, and I use them." Like, that would never be allowed in the movies now. He would have to make some stupid quip or it would have to be emotional or something like mm-hmm. that. He's not emotional. He's closed off. He's yeah, a vampire hunter. But I love this one part where, like, um, he smiles randomly. Like, he just grins and then goes back. Yeah. And I'm like, I love that. Yeah. Like, I, I, and I don't know if anyone other than Wesley Snipes could have mm-hmm. pulled that off. Mm-hmm. Like, that's so him. Yeah, but it was kind of sad that, like, they didn't, like, continue with, like, that whole thing because, like, he did, like battle with like drug issues but other than that like i love these movies like i feel like i hate the third one personally i'm not a fan he got like he was in he he felt like he got particular like progressively less involved with Mm -hmm. each movie so he was barely in the third one like he gets out he gets outshone by not outshone but he gets Mm -hmm. like literally less screen time than ryan reynolds it felt like Mm -hmm. so i watched it and i was okay about it i I still preferred the first one oh, because yeah. the first one was like so action packed. Yep. The first and it was, was like incredible. less confusing because the second one, like basically they talked about his love interest and then it disappeared. They didn't need to do that. Mm-hmm. Like he has the, that the whole scene in the first one where she lets him drink the blood from her neck. That was incredible. Mm-hmm. Like that uh, whole thing is incredible. And there's, there's a closed off nature to him, but he's, and there's very little vulnerability shown, but he's not supposed to. Mm-hmm. You know that's not how what the character's supposed to be about. So I just don't know if Marvel can top it. We uh, I welcome them to to try and do something as good as the new Blade movie, but uh, hopefully Maharshal Ali can pull that oh off. Oh my God, a Marvel idea: Blade versus Deadpool. Yeah, that's that's been talked about before, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they could do that now. They've got yeah. Ryan, they could bring Ryan Reynolds back. So and they've got the yeah they they've got the, the yeah they get the multiverse. So they, yeah. maybe they can bring Wesley Snipes in. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do that. If you're going to use the multiverse and we're going to have different versions of different characters, bring Wesley Snipes back for Blade, please. Bring back Blade. And then can you bring back old man Logan? I, If they offered him the right amount of money, he might. I just, I love that movie. That movie legit made me cry. Logan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It made me cry because like we, basically we grew up with him, like all the goods and bads of yeah. like how they did with Wolverine. And then like finally he's, this is his end. I don't know if they would, if Hugh, Jack, Hugh Jackman's got the money. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, he's an artist. Mm-hmm. He loves to, you know, he's ve- he takes his roles very seriously. I don't know if he would want to ruin that legacy with such a good send-off. Mm-hmm. Right? That's true. So. I hope if they do recast um, Wolverine, please choose somebody that was, like, very dedicated to their job, like how Hugh Jackman was. Have you seen the behind the scenes of Old Man Logan? Like, how he was, like, training for it? Mm. Like, they... So basically, he was watching while doing the uh, 
like the recording of the voices mm. like he's watching the scenes that he was doing it and he was like running like running in place and then like punching at the same time and like growling and like snarling at the same time yeah, he's awesome. like watching it he's yeah. like really dedicated to that and character he's, he's treating the character with respect he's mm -hmm. not like i'm playing a com comic book character let's get goofy mm -hmm. he's saying there's a lot of history mm -hmm. there's a lot of serious tone in these projects let's mm -hmm. actually show the character some reverence mm -hmm. and the fans will reciprocate which they do yeah that wolverine character on on screen is beloved yeah i so. love him so now on to something we've got one more thing <laughs> i am torturing miracle by making her watch hawkeye <laughs> She is. She's not enjoying this so far, and I'm. If I'm to be completely honest, I'm enjoying her not enjoying it <laughs> because she can't stand it. And I'm. I'm one of those people. I love escapist entertainment, so I can usually after the second watch, I can find a way to talk myself mm -hmm. into liking it more than I do. And to be clear, I'm not a fan of these of these episodes so far. I feel like they've they're not doing Jeremy Renner any favors. He doesn't look interested in what he's doing. Well, this episode, this new episode that came out, he actually showed emotion. Yes, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it because there, there was that one scene that almost turned me around on the whole yeah. thing. Uh, and one of the big issues I had with the third one was this was the character of Echo, and that's what this article is about. Uh, it says, Echo will be a big adversary for Hawkeye before getting her own Disney Plus series. Hawkeye debuted on Disney Plus this past week, adding a new holiday-soaked buddy action comedy story to the MCU. As Clint Barton, played by Jeremy Renner, and Kate Bishop, played by Haley Steinfeld, found their worlds colliding in the days leading up to Christmas. Oh, okay. So you know how we're talking about like Echo and why she was like a part of that um, Russian gang? Mm -hmm. So if you actually did research on echo so echo is actually the adoptive daughter of kingpin oh yeah and they they talk about that in one mm -hmm. of the things uh about there there's a uh, speculation that uh, hawkeye or that hawkeye that uh the kingpin might be part of marvel that they're going to bring back vincent d'onofrio well does that kingpin? mean they're going to bring back daredevil because he's one of the characters from daredevil we're going to find out that is uh, as miracle knows my absolute favorite t in my opinion the benchmark for superhero television is Daredevil season one and two. That's that's the top of the mm -hmm. of that spectrum. I consider that to be some of the best uh, superhero television that you can get. Mm -hmm. uh, is that what do you like the most? I don't know what your favorite uh, is. It depends which industry. Are you talking about Marvel Doesn't, or DC? Either, either or, and that's interesting because I'm not as much of a Marvel fan. I'm a DC guy, but as far as okay. television goes, Daredevil I really love two. Constantine. I love him. We don't. The, the, the one, TV show. The Matt Ryan version. Yeah. Wow. I love it. I love him. I mean, he embodies that character. He's mm -hmm. kind of like Lucifer in that way. He's kind of like... Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. I also love Lucifer, too. Um, he's kind of like... I, I can't remember that actor's name off the top of my head. For Tom, Lucifer or... Tom... Tom I don't remember for Lucifer for the TV show Lucifer. But okay, I got He you. owns that role, right? Like when you yeah, look at Lucifer, he, he is that character more than anything. So it, between him, but <clears throat> they got way more out of Lucifer than they did out of Matt Ryan playing mm -hmm. Constantine, right? Because there's yeah. what six seasons of Lucifer now. Yes. So I, I don't know the, the Echo character. Uh, I, I'm not like I said. I'm not super familiar. That's I'm like I said more normie than super geek these days. Mm -hmm. But that character on screen didn't work for me. Uh, the portrayal didn't really. I don't know if it's the actress. She just didn't have this the, the level of charisma that I would have expected out of a character like that. If you're really going to make them feel like they're important and you're pushing them into their own series, they have to be. Those are big shoes to fill. Mm -hmm. You know, starring in your own production is no joke, right? So yeah. Oh, the actor is Tom Ellis. Tom Ellis. I couldn't mm -hmm. remember. I kept on wanting to say Tom Hiddleston, but it's not Tom Hiddleston. No, but yeah, I love. I love Lucifer and Constantine. Like, I was really obsessed with Constantine when it first came out, and I was really upset when it was canceled because I couldn't watch all the episodes when they came out because I think I was in junior high or, like, high school <laughs> when they came out, did, and I couldn't watch them. Did you watch him in the in Legends of Tomorrow, any of the... I did, and I didn't like it. I didn't it like it. different, right? Yeah, it felt, it felt really different, different because yeah. they watered him down. Like, they talked more about his sexuality. So, if you're not familiar with Constantine, yes, Constantine is a sexual deviant. He doesn't care about what gender you are. He will go either or. If he loves you, he loves you. But in the Legends of Tomorrow one, they made him full-on gay. Yeah. 
so they you know they have to get their woke points that's yeah whatever i'm i have no opinion on that because i was not i i had checked out of legends by that point i um, did too and so. for like at the end of the episode of like his saga like it was a waste of time because like the person that he was trying to save did not want to go back with him yep so the the man right this uh, the like we said, we're talking about characters that are extremely charismatic. Matt mm-hmm. Ryan embodies Constantine because mm-hmm. he's charismatic. Tom yes. Ellis embodies Lucifer because he has an on-screen presence that is hard mm. to deny. Yes, I struggled to see that with this Echo character. Yeah, what's her uh, name? No, the the be- th- this is amazing what they've done here. This actress, uh, her name is. Uh, we've got it right here. I was just looking. I was literally just looking at it as we as we did this. Alakwa Cox. Mm-hmm. Um, and she plays Maya Lopez, and this actress is uh, deaf mm-hmm. and uh, a partial amputee yeah. on her left leg. Mm-hmm. I do have a, a couple issues with this because she's had no acting credits mm-hmm. before she got cast here. So I'm not one to question, and if people like her performance, it's a subjective field, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But to hire someone to both do this and then star in her own show with no experience... I mean, they do the same thing with a lot of directors, right? They give these indie directors who have never directed a big-budget film, Mm -hmm. and then they put them on these $200 million film properties. I wonder whether that's the best idea. Mm -hmm. I I understand why they did it, right? They did it because they wanted... Because she's also... She's Native American. Yeah. And so she fills a lot of these current-year boxes that Hollywood seems to want to fill, which I have no problem with when Mm -hmm. it's done right. Yeah. Is it necessarily the smartest thing to do this with someone with no actual acting experience? Yeah, like for me, like I was complaining about like the problems with this character that I did not like. So they did the same thing how they did in the first episode where they introduced the character, but they didn't show like her struggling. Yeah. The only struggle she had was like <coughs> she was in public school and she couldn't hear what the teacher was saying. Yeah. That's it. That's all her struggle was. Well, she beat up the other that didn't bother me as much because it's not her show it's not her show they abbreviated it mm -hmm. that i just felt like she didn't really command the screen when she's Mm -hmm. on and like if you're gonna do a role where you're not speaking right and you have to act a lot with your eyes Mm -hmm. and body motion she looked like she was bored like how you said like bored and angry Mm -hmm. now that could have been what she was going for but it just it didn't work for me like i just don't know what to say other than the person who does that who has to act with nothing but looks Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's a way to show urgency with uh, hand motions and the way you walk. Yeah, because, like, when she was signing, so certain parts where she was, like, signing, it was very aggressive. So you mm-hmm. can tell that she was angry. And that works. Yeah, it works. But then, like, there was a part where I was complaining to you where they don't show her signing mm-hmm. and it's just her face. And I'm like, how is she communicating with her face if it's just a blank stare? Yeah, the, they, they chose uh, tight shots there. Yeah. They chose to do neck and up for those mm-hmm. shots. And, and I think I feel like they do that because right there they're like, okay, we need emotion. Mm-hmm. We need there to be a lot of detail in how you're expressing. And mm-hmm. I just I didn't see it there. And this isn't a, a knock on the actress. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to be rude no, to her. No, I feel like this is a big it's, break for it, her. It's just a critique mm-hmm. of this particular performance. She could go on to be a fantastic, you know, leading lady. But yeah. I just it didn't it didn't work for me in this context. Mm-hmm. So, and in, in this episode where uh, most of it was, it feels that way. Mm-hmm. It's not her problem necessarily. It's a part of this. We aren't huge fans of the Haley, St- of Haley Steinfeld's nope. Kate Bishop. Nope. Uh, I like her anytime she's not shooting a bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. She's way too confident and mm-hmm. way too snarky. I hate the snark. That's yeah. Well, the part that he liked her was when Hawkeye basically, um, his hearing aid was broken and he his got youngest a f- son. his youngest son Nathaniel called him and he can't hear and he didn't know who was calling him and then like Haley like pulled out her Kate name, her name Kate. Is Kate my bad where did Haley come from so, um Kate pulled out a notepad and like she was writing down like just like quick little things like she said little boy and he was like oh my son yeah and then like she was just writing what her whenever like, he spoke mm-hmm. she wrote what he was so that yeah. he could talk to him mm-hmm. over the phone well she did it summary wise yeah. And she showed emotion. Mm-hmm. She like there was an actual look in her eyes that she was like she, she was moved by mm-hmm. what was going on. He had emotion in his eyes because, in my opinion, mm-hmm. the only scenes in this show where Jeremy Renner seems like he's at any point enjoying himself is when he's doing scenes with his wife, with Linda Cardellini's character, yeah. and with the kids. In those scenes, he seems to really love what he's doing. Everything mm-hmm. else, he seems bored. Yeah, because like, do you think it's 
because he knows like his time with that character is almost done. They're going to replace him. I, they, anyway. there was, yeah. Well, there was an article that came out recently where they talked about how he fought with Marvel where he said, I want to spend more time with my family mm-hmm. and I'm not going to take the roles if you won't you know, work with me, uh, you mm-hmm. know, to make sure that I get to, that my kids get to see me. Mm-hmm. So I think he's kind of mentally checking out yeah. in a way already. Mm-hmm. He knows that the whole point of Marvel in phase four with the Kate Bishop character is it's used as a vehicle to mm-hmm. promote uh, the strong independent woman character, whatever your opinion is on that. They're pushing it's her story. It's, <laughs> it's not history. It's her story. Mm-hmm. So for, so for whatever your opinion is on that, I venture no strong opinion either way. I know when it works and when it mm-hmm. doesn't work. And I don't think it works in this context. I don't know. I just, I just don't like the character at all. I don't like her. Maybe because I don't care for Hawkeye as a character either. Yeah. I could do without it, but Brett is torturing me. Like he told me, you must watch it. Once a week for the next, next well, three weeks. Well, if that's my homework, then you watch, you watch Hellbound and you watch Elves. You don't get to assign me two. I'll watch El- I'll, I'll watch Elves first. Because Elves is like ranking number four on okay. Netflix We're and it's really Hellbound. interesting. I want to watch Hellbound anyway, so we, we mm-hmm. will watch that. But for Hawkeye, the, the next episode, they need to start focusing in on the bad guy. They need to start focusing in on Jack because that is the only one on the show who I'm excited about because that dude has a lot of... Uh, <laughs> Brett likes to point out that guy seems like when he does something evil, like he wants to twirl his mustache. Oh yeah, dude, he's he's horribly awesome, mm-hmm. and, and I'm loving it right now. So I, I think that character has a lot of potential to to enter, interact well with both Jeremy Renner's character, and when he gets to actually be evil mm-hmm. with with Kate Bishop, that'll be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his name? Jack Duquesne. Yes. Um, so uh, that, and he better make it home for Christmas, man. If I he, know Brett legit yelled at me. He was like, "He better come home to his family for Christmas." And I was like, "The what? whole that's the whole narrative arc here is mm-hmm. that he is that Hawkeye needs to make it home for Christmas. And if he doesn't actually do that, I'm gonna be so mad." Wait, what if they kill him off in front of his family? How would you feel? I would be mad because it's just like they, he's they at do, the they front. Not do that. Well, <laughs> well, like imagine this, he is about to come home he rings the doorbell to surprise his family and then all of a sudden he gets shot in the back of the head and the door opens thank you for that visual that is fantastic who hurt you (laughs) who hurt you a lot of people i'm i'm excited if they can (laughs) as much as we're not like you're hating it i'm Mm -hmm. hating it slightly less because Mm -hmm. i'm more forgiving i think yeah if they can at least complete the arc where he gets to be a competent father Mm -hmm. and make it home to his kids and his kids love him, I'll be, well, I'll be okay. Okay, this one part, so in the first episode where they, um, they had the musical, and there's, like, an actress playing as, um, Black Widow, mm-hmm. Widow, 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 okay, Widow. Widow, yeah, um, playing as Black Widow, and he gets, like, upset about it, and then they never touch upon it ever mm-hmm. again, so I'm hoping they do touch upon it, because, like, um, in this episode, they did talk about it where, like, Ronan, like, the character Ronan yeah. dies because of Black Widow. But then after that, they glaze over it again. So I'm hoping that they actually, like, talk about it, his relationship with Natasha Romanoff. I know that Florence Pugh mm-hmm. is credited in on the IMDb, so we'll yeah. at least see uh, the elena character yeah in here i don't know if we'll see scarlett johansson i doubt it maybe a flashback from a flashback. the, there could the be a flashback. previous movies yeah. because that's what they did in the first episode where the, yeah. like they did flashbacks of the running character yeah. i don't know i'm like i find that i can get forgive a lot mm-hmm. it, when when it's some when, when it's when they treat the fans with respect mm-hmm. and they seem to be able to develop at least strong narrative structures around the stuff that doesn't seem delved heavily in identity politics i see it in this Mm-hmm. But I, I end up being more forgiving of it than I usually am. Mm-hmm. I, d- I don't know why. I'm not really enjoying it as any more mm-hmm. than you are, but I tend to give, like, I'll, just that one scene. The one scene with him and Kate Bishop talking. I like that scene, That too. was enough to turn this episode around for me, even though, objectively, the rest of it I wasn't a huge fan of. Well, I just think it's because they're trying to shove down our throats that they're trying to replace this character. Yeah. And that's why, like, we're not enjoying it that much. It was also a shorter episode that mm-hmm. might have helped. Like, it was yeah. only 43 minutes, and the other ones are both over 50. Yeah. So. I, I don't know. And also, like, I noticed, like, for this series, they're not doing post-credit scenes. Like, nope. how uh, 
WandaVision was because mm-hmm. WandaVision I actually I actually liked it even though there was like some plot points that people didn't N- like not having uh not having Benedict Cumberbatch come in to explain the the multiverse because they mm-hmm. didn't want a white male ex- uh mansplaining well like I like the ending where like the last episode of WandaVision I'm sorry whoever is not up to spoiler date. alert yeah up to date to WandaVision but the last episode of that show was um, it shows her and like she's living her normal life but then they cut all the way in the back of the house and she's dressed up as a scarlet witch reading the book of the dam mm. and so they said that might be basically a link to the new doctor strange movie do you think that mm-hmm. uh, I w- i'm gonna get back uh, yeah so you ahead. liked you liked wandavision better yeah i liked okay. it okay are you would you watch an echo show uh it, if, if they, i if i don't make if i didn't make you watch it would you would you watch it? I don't know because like I try to watch um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier by myself, and I didn't like it after they did like some political things. But I'm hoping like later if I do like this character because other than that, I didn't really like her character how they introduced her. Like she was already OP, like how yeah. Kate Bishop was. I didn't like that. But if they fix it, then maybe, maybe how. Is there any rumors how long that show's going to be? It says 2022, but I'm, I'm not sure if it'll be that quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's already the end of 2021, they'd have to finish it. It'd probably be holidays of next year mm-hmm. or early 2023. I don't know. Yeah, because, like, I like the concept. Like, she is a deaf character. There could be... Mm-hmm. Th- there's interesting ways they could do that. Mm-hmm. That because won't feel super... Like, if it's done well, it doesn't mm-hmm. need to feel tacked on. Like, Daredevil. Mm-hmm. That was a good concept. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Mm-hmm. But the tv show even though brett's a fan of the tv show i wasn't a big fan after well that's you know you're just flawed that way hey (laughs) hey i like constantine yeah well like i said you're flawed that way hey it was good it was good um i think that's everything Mm -hmm. for today that was that was a lot of fun i actually like i i think that even though you're not liking the show it's fun to watch it and look at what what we like what we don't like from varying perspectives so what brett are um, Brett and I were doing we're watching the show separately by ourselves we get our own opinions we break down our own personal notes and then we get together and watch it again to get both um, just basically rewatch it and get a better understanding of the episode to um, analyze everything that we missed I liked it a little bit better the second time around yeah same. I, I did so I, I do critique Marvel that I wish their cinematography had a little bit more character Mm-hmm. Everything looks so paint by the numbers. Like mm-hmm. it, I, I keep describing it, and I know it's not the right way. I describe it as opaque, mm-hmm. meaning that it feels very bland. Yeah, like, like mo- the house. Yeah, shot. Van- vanilla. Like mm-hmm. the they entered this beautiful penthouse, mm-hmm. and it just looks like it just looks very white. It looks very plain. Mm-hmm. Like the lighting, like it doesn't look like there's so much room there that could be done to give it real mm-hmm. character, and I don't feel like they they really do that but with hey, these projects. But hey. You know who's the best character on the show? Who? The dog. <laughs> what What did they describe? Uh, Christmas. What What did they describe the dog's name was? Um. Well, like she was trying to list like names what the dog <laughs> will like, and the final name they chose was Pizza Boy. Pizza dog. A pizza dog. Pizza my dog. Bad. I think. Yes. Yeah, Pizza dog. But the she started with little old Caesar, and then she went down all the way to Pizza dog. Half <laughs> a half blind dog. My goodness, that is amazing. Best character ever. Best character. I yeah. only watched the show for the dog. We're in it for the dog. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, that, those scenes worked. The scenes where he mm-hmm. was his hearing aid wasn't working, and yeah. he would say something, and then they would like she would say it, and, mm-hmm. and it was like this weird dynamic that actually worked. Yeah, but it worked. Anything where she wasn't fighting and being too powerful and making snarky remarks. Mm-hmm. We're good. Yeah, so for sure. I think that's it for today. Yay. Uh, do you have any social? I'm going to ask every time. I know. Remember that's our little joke. Do you have any social media? No, because I think social media is poison for your brain. And one of these days, I'm going to create a social media account just to spite you. It, and then just not use it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you guys, thank you for watching. If Wait, you promote yourself. I don't, I don't have a social media. I never promote my social media. <laughs> but we're going to promote social media for the show. Okay. Okay. Yeah, don't inter- don't interrupt. <laughs> if you guys want to follow the show, you can find full episodes on iTunes and Spotify. You can find the clips over on YouTube at Pop Culture Crisis. And if you want to follow them on social media, the Twitter is at Pop Culture underscore Show, and Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Pop Culture Crisis. That is it for today. We will be back tomorrow with another episode. Thank you, guys. Bye.